Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Max released a video on the internet just talking about our breakup, and I haven't been ready to talk about it with other people, and he knows that. But he did it anyway. I saw it on social media, and it was just a what the f moment. I feel extremely let down. I used to, like, feel like I had to, like, protect him in a way, like, protect his name. I don't give a f how that looks anymore. Since the breakup, I was in a pretty good place. I had come a long way. I was eating again. I was working out again. I just finally felt like I was getting a hang of life again. And he released this video. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Welcome to Plathville Edition. Um, I gotta say, this wasn't like my most exciting episode. So, you know, sometimes when I'm recording, it gets really difficult to pay attention. And especially if I don't have like something to look forward to at the end of it. And so if you want to, if you can hear this little crinkle of the paper, little ASMR for you. I have a uh, strawberry and dark chocolate Kit Kat duo waiting for me at the end of this recording. So hopefully that'll be the motivation to get me through. Um, let's talk about the episode. So last we saw, last we left off rather, Ethan was about to walk into his house to after, you know, a few days of separation to have the talk about why she left Cairo when she found out he got a brand new vintage car to fix up. So he walks in the house and it was just such a, you know, I hate to use the word triggering, but it was such a, like I've been there moment for me where 
clearly there's a huge elephant in the room. They know they're about to have this conversation and you know it needs to be discussed right now. But, you know, he walks in, she's working on her laptop and there's just like, you know, the weird dance that we've all done where you're like, hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? Good. There's no eye contact. You're just waiting for like one or the other to break the ice. And Ethan does poorly. And he's like, well, gosh, if you're not going to talk, then maybe I should go and work on something else. Um, sir, that's the reason why you're in this dilly of a pickle to begin with. So maybe let's not start off with that, shall we? Um, Olivia, I was really proud of Olivia. I think... Well, from what I see, the general consensus and feeling about Olivia is that she's annoying and pushes Ethan to do things that she wants him to do. But I see a lot of frustration with Olivia, too, that I understand with regard to how Ethan behaves. And I was, like, totally on her side. So she comes back pretty quickly to Ethan and is like, maybe you should be the one to talk. Like, it always falls on me to be the one to bring up the problems and solve them. But half of the problem is with you. So you can be and contribute to half of this conversation. So Ethan sits down. And he says he's sorry about the car, but, you know, he figured that if he had told her about the car when he bought it, they wouldn't be back together. And when she asks, why do you feel like that? And he's like, well, because you don't like for me to buy cars because one more car means that I spend less time with you. And Olivia's like, okay, do you think that's valid? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) So, okay, great. Then Olivia says, but you bought the car anyway. And Ethan's like, well, yeah, I mean, I really wanted it. I've never seen a car like that before. So, yeah, I can't help it. Olivia says in an interview that it's not the fact that Ethan bought the car. And it's not even that she doesn't like him working on cars. She's just struggling with the fact that her partner intentionally kept a secret from her for a long time. And she feels like she's lost some trust with Ethan. Personally, I would be really pissed off at the idea of somebody knowing the potential consequences and that consequence in your mind is my wife will divorce me and then choosing to do that thing anyway, simply because you thought it was cool. (laughs) Like, that's what you think of our relationship? Really? That's wild. I also think it's infuriating for him to like, knowingly do this stuff and then continue to act like she's just like oh my crazy wife who's upset she doesn't like my car habit I feel like she said over and over again it's not the cars it's the escapism that you use why is it not clicking he knows it that's that's the frustrating thing is he knows exactly why she's upset and then he's making it about everything else that gets him out of trouble for it So Olivia says that in the days that she was in Miami, when she left Cairo, she realized that Ethan doesn't prioritize her or their relationship, even though she's been begging him to. And she felt like the situation with the car was, once again, Ethan prioritizing what he wanted in the moment. And then he hid it from her. So Ethan says, well, I hid the car because I knew that you would be upset. And she's like, I'm upset because it affects my life. Like, hello. So Olivia says in an interview that she was 
very intentional when they took their break, like their pre-moving to Tampa break, in giving Ethan the freedom to figure his shit out. But he's the one who came back to her and said he was interested in moving to Tampa and the lifestyle that she wanted, where they're like here, there, and everywhere. Uh, IRL, right now, they have moved to Paris for the month. Um, he told her, like, this is the life that I want. I want to move to Tampa with you. I want to build a life with you. But then as soon as they got to Tampa, it just seemed like all he wanted to do was to live back in Cairo. And he's not happy. And it just seems like they took a bunch of steps backwards. This is like a very 20s relationship problem I think you know obviously the stakes are much higher because they're married but thank god there are no children in this situation so then Olivia says that what she's been trying to do was have like meet Ethan halfway in regard to her their relationship and like doing things and making sure that she's accommodating him so that at least you know they're 50 50 getting what they both want even if what he wanted wasn't necessarily what she wanted, but he's not doing it. It's not working. She's tired of doing the work to make that happen. And she also realized she has a lot of open doors in front of her and she wants to walk through them <laughs> instead of trying to pull him through doors that he doesn't want to go through. So she tells Ethan, I'm going to take the freedom for myself. I'm also going to give you the freedom that you want. I actually thought it was pretty mature of Olivia to say that she realized that if she just continues to beg Ethan to meet her needs instead of asking why she needs him to meet those needs, like that's a problem. And to also like not put him on this pedestal of like, this is what I've got. Why isn't I, why isn't it enough for him? Why am I not good enough for him? And like refocus and be like, I need to meet my needs of myself. And also like, divest from the idea that Ethan is the only person that can do this because she's not happy. So Olivia asks Ethan, 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 if he has any thoughts, any at all. And he's like, well, I just don't understand why we're not more compatible. And it just seems like every day I have another reason to ask myself why that is. And I'm tired of it. So even though in an interview, he said that to, to Olivia, He's like been wondering for a long time why it's been that they always want such different things. And instead of trying to make it work with each other, they're going against each other. So then we're going to take a pause on them and go back to the Plath home where Lydia and Amber are, you know, playing Barbie with each other and doing each other's makeup. And Lydia asks Amber how things are going since Kim and Barry's separation. And Amber tells her, well, me and the little girls went to visit mom and when we did, I asked some questions and I feel like maybe I shouldn't have asked them, but Lydia's like, no girl, like ask whatever you want. So Amber tells her that she asked him, why is it that she's the one who gets to stay in the house when she's the one who wants to leave the marriage and how she's basically the rolling stone of the family. And when Kim asked her like, Oh, Amber, do you want me to move out? Amber's like, I don't want either of you guys to move out, but you're the one who wants to break up the family. So, <laughs> um, a listener and forgive me, I didn't get your name down, but you proposed the theory that 
Barry is talking to all of the children and maybe her questions um, are coming via what she's hearing from Barry, which I think is extremely fair. I mean, I personally would like to believe my own delusion that like Amber is this wonderkind who is going to be, you know, the savior and she's like a kid genius. And um, I mean, that's my choice, but I am going to put your theory out there because I do think it's valid. I personally just want to live in my own delusions. While Amber's talking about what she did, Lydia is looking at Amber like, damn, you really said that, sis. <laughs> and she tells Amber she's got a lot of guts to be asking the questions that she asks. And um, by the way, I have like a list of my own questions. This is Lydia saying this. So if you want to ask mom that, like, go ahead, girl. <laughs> so um, in a confessional, Amber says that she knows that she and Lydia are very different and that like Lydia probably wouldn't ask questions like this because... I mean, we, we've seen Lydia, you know why, but she is a lot more curious and she wants answers to her questions. Amber, in like, what are you, 13? In like nine years, if podcasting is still a thing and I'm still doing it, just email me at everyone's business but mine or find me. We'll get you on the horn, girl, because you are asking the right questions. A curious child <laughs> makes a great podcaster. <laughs> That's my new quote. I mean, listen, every day I'm fighting as a quadruple Pisces, just like tussling with my own delusions. And, you know, a podcast has been a great outlet for me in that way that I can just like, uh, you know, just talk about like all the weird things that are going on in my head. So every now and again, I, I treat myself to like one delusion. And the idea that like Amber's a whiz kid who needs a podcast is just the one that I'm going to hold on to. And you guys are just going to have to respect that. You know, we always have to meet people where they are. And that's where I am. So then Amber tells Lydia that Kim said she has no more love for Barry. And it was really hard for her to hear. But there's nothing she can do about that except for love her mom. Lydia says in a confessional that she wants to talk to her mom because they haven't really gotten into the separation discussion. But as of now, she doesn't really understand what's going on and why things are happening the way they are. But for now, she's just going to be there in the prayer closet, probably for her family. Back in Tampa, we see Mariah sitting on her bed, looking at her phone and being like, oh, my God, with her hand over her mouth. She reveals in a confessional that Max released a YouTube video to tell his side of the story about their breakup. And Mariah says that this is the most angry she's ever been. And the reason why she kept quiet about her breakup with Max for so long to begin with was because she didn't want to deal with the social media aspect of it all. And ultimately she was trying to protect Max and his image, but then he did this video and it sounds like she didn't, see the video directly she found out about it on social media and she's pissed and she feels like he threw her under the bus um you can talk well did we i talked a little bit on the surviving sister wives patreon about what max said in this youtube video so i'll just paraphrase it from my memory and i listen i know that like a lot of you guys rely on me to give you all the information but here's my thing i find max to be a very weird man child and I know that I hyped him up a lot last season but I take it all back okay again with the delusion thing also get the the uh, privilege of rescinding on said delusions uh at 
any whim at any time. So I take it back. Max is weird. And um, I didn't watch the whole thing. And I really, in my spirit, don't feel like I should have to suffer through watching it again. And I don't feel like you should either. So again, I'm just going to paraphrase like what I saw a couple months ago. (laughs) Briefly. Um, He basically said some shit about how like he had been going through it. He mentioned some family stuff, if I'm not mistaken. And so then he had met um, some older people that had helped him um, get in touch with some counselors that would help him. He went to some like intense therapy situation and like tried to work things out with Mariah. He also mentioned um, Kim and Barry and also having issues with Ethan and Olivia. And I think it was more Olivia than Ethan that he had like beef with her. I don't know the parts that I saw. He didn't really get into it, but like he had some issues with them. There was some counseling done um, with, excuse me, two older ladies that he had, come into contact with. I'm not sure if either of them are the ones that he slept with. I don't know. But there was also a conversation between Kim and Barry that he had like one-on-one and like he basically tried to paint himself like this situation happened because I was like dealing with other things in my life and then I, I tried really hard to seek out guidance and help for it. Uh, Brian and I tried to reconcile and it just didn't work out. I really don't want to give him credit or like empathy, but I could also understand why if you were like a dumb 20, 19, whatever, however old Max is, your old guy, and you broke up with this chick and you did wrong, and then this chick has the platform of a television show, I could see why he would freak out and be like, oh, I need to get ahead of the story before the season begins. It's not right. I'm just understanding his thinking. So Mariah heads to the kitchen to join Ethan and Olivia and talk about the video. She starts crying about how she feels like she'll never trust anybody again. Ethan is really pissed. He's so pissed that the red bathrobe he's wearing is like the same color as his skin like he's really angry (laughs) mariah says she was just starting to get a hang of life and like get over the relationship start eating getting into her exercise and working out routine again and then he releases this video or rather lies in this video and it just brought everything down for her again so then mariah tells ethan and olivia that Basically, every other word in that video of Max's was a lie and how he was talking about how they were in a funk in their relationship. And that's like what led him to fall into some old woman's vagina or something. And that in her world, they were not in a funk and they were actually quite the opposite, planning a life together. He had just got her the promise ring. He was planning on moving not only to Tampa, but in with her and Ethan and Olivia and basically how he was just trying to make it seem like, oh, well, we were at a bad place in our relationship. And so that like justifies in his word, not cheating the the incident that happened. And, you know, just feels like he diminished their whole relationship and acted like their issues were the reason for him doing what he did. 
So Mariah says in a confessional, like, make no mistake, Max absolutely cheated on her. She's not going to get into the details for his sake, but she didn't just break up with him for no reason out of the blue. Mariah also says that she's pissed off that Max brought her family into it, into the video. And instead of taking responsibility for what he did, he basically blamed her and her family. Ethan says in a confessional that at one point he looked at Max like a brother, but now it's the total opposite. He is his mortal enemy. And Max is not who Mariah deserved in any way, shape, or form. And he hates Max because Mariah really loved him. And he tells her, listen, like, I know that you really had feelings for him. And I hate to say this, but I don't think he really loved you, like, ever. And then Olivia brings up a really good point of how hard Max worked to integrate himself into the Plath family and to build a friendship with uh, Micah, Lydia, the other little sisters. And we realize that the Plath family, like the Plathville family in Cairo, still has a relationship with Max and she is, you would tell she definitely feels some type of way about that, but she's also like, okay, they don't really know the full story. So like they don't, you know, I think that's why, but you could tell she's pissed and she's really pissed at Lydia. So she's decided to go to Cairo and have a conversation with her family about what went down. Then a screen pops up that says, shortly after posting the video, Max agreed to sit down with producers. (laughs) And then we see Max and his struggle mustache and his even more struggly goatee sit down on a couch and a producer asks him what led to the breakup. And Max is straight and to the point and he's like, well, essentially I cheated and we tried to work things out and we couldn't. Okay. So then the producer asked Max if he was honest with Mariah about what happened. He's like, well, you know, I, I pretty much summarized the situation because I thought that the specific details would be like too much for Mariah. And, you know, my goal was to be as honest and transparent with her. Okay. Well, it can't be both of those things at the same time. Like there is a point where you don't need to hear like every dirty detail but like you just summarizing what happened and happened to save her sounds like some bullshit to me okay and we know that because she was here thinking that they had just kissed he just kissed this old woman and then later after he has a conversation with Micah he really came out and said that he like slept with this old lady so you know that's not really a summary that's a lie that's a lie baby So his explanation as to why he told or how he told Mariah after the fact that he fucked this old woman, he says a little later we were having a conversation and more details came up and how Mariah perceived it like I was hiding something from her. But I was just figuring that giving her details would just hurt her more. So I didn't need to make it any worse than it already was. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You guys, my eyes are rolling so hard that I had to rub them. Like I rolled my eyes into a, a potential migraine. <laughs> Oh my god, and now I'm seeing spots. So the producer asks Max if he still loves Mariah, and he's like, well, you know, what I did was really messed up, and, you know, I don't defend what what I did, but, like, you know, what Mariah, had, Mariah and I had, or what we built, like, there was love out there. And as hard as it is for me to say, I was truly happy going through this journey with Mariah, and, you know, I think that both of us have really grown from this relationship. Fuck boy. Fuck out of here. He's wild. This is like chapter seven of the fuck boy Bible is lies. Okay. It's how to lie. It's how to make the lie um, fit this narrative that the woman is some delicate flower who can't take this information. So even though I did this horrific thing, I'm actually protecting her by not telling her everything because I know this crazy emotional bitch would react crazy. So like, I'm the good boy who's intentionally lying so to spare her feelings. Well, eh, what? Like, men. Men. Jail. Straight to jail. Mm. Speaking of, um, in L.A., Micah's doing laundry with Hayden. And he's talking about how he's going to be going again to Florida for his 21st birthday. And, you know, Hayden's like, oh, are you going to be seeing your parents? Is it going to be like just turn it up in Florida? Are you going to go see them as well? And he's like, well, I think it'll probably be both. So Hayden asks him if he thinks that either Kim or Barry will have a drink with him now that he's 21. And he's like, uh, probably not my dad, but maybe my mom. I mean, she's changed really a lot recently. And then he takes this opportunity to tell Hayden that his parents are getting separated. Excuse me. Hayden tells him, like, you know, don't worry about it. My parents got divorced when I was a kid. Like, it happens a lot. It's not really that strange. Micah says in a confessional that he was pretty shocked by the news and even more shocked that they were having problems at all because he thought that Kim and Barry had the perfect marriage until they didn't. And so Micah also says that, you know, it's just not something he ever saw happening with his family. So it's been pretty difficult for him. And he says in a confessional that he knows that his mom, Kim led a very different lifestyle before she got married and something changed and she found religion, but he's not sure if that happened because of meeting Barry or that was like a journey that she took before she met him. And he also says, you know, I probably, 
I don't think my mom would admit this, but I think she raised us older kids and now she's seeing us out there free doing our own thing. And she probably wants that back in her life, which I think is exactly what people have been saying via Twitter. Um, Speaking of Kim, she came down to Tampa to hang out for a beach day with Mariah, but there's some weird thing where Mariah gets driven to Kim's hotel by Ethan because she understands that Ethan and Olivia have the boundary with their house and she they don't want the Plath parents there. So Ethan has to drive her to the hotel. Why couldn't she drive herself? Is that not her car? Like, what's happening? And if she was just going for the day, then, like, I don't understand why she couldn't drive herself, but okay, girl, we're here. Um, so Mariah's, like, got a little bit of a mission in mind for this little meetup with her mom. And she basically is, like, has decided that this is going to be the time for her to tell Kim what exactly went down with Max. And more how she would like her family to uh, move on from Max and stop hanging out with him, Lydia. As Ethan's driving her to the hotel, she reminds us that Ethan still has no idea that his parents are separated. (laughs) And that Mariah says she feels like kind of guilty about having this information and he's completely in the dark. So Kim, then we see Kim and she says in a confessional, you know, when my children are hurting, I'll drop everything to be there for them unless you know they want to be homeschooled or fed or something um I decided to look up the hotel that she was staying at it was called the Hotel Zamora and apparently you guys did too because I all I had to do was type in because lord knows like I'm not looking up hotels in St. Pete okay um all I had to do was type into Google Hotel Z and it was the first result you guys are so nosy leave that to me Uh, the hotel seemed fine. I was a little, like, I, I really love to look up hotels and, like, see what they're offering. I will say, um, you know, the photo shoot in the room section so you can see what the rooms are like. I personally would have taken the photos on, like, a higher floor than the street level because you can see somebody's Camry outside. (laughs) To me, it was like, ooh, and it, it was like boasting these water, water views. Like, okay, what water? Like past, past the Prius? Do I got to look past the Prius to see this water? No, thank you. Anyway, Mariah and Kim kick it to the beach. Mariah is wearing a fluffy jacket with a zip up waffle knit hoodie underneath, then a burgundy crop top underneath that with a houndstooth print knee-length skirt. Wow. Perfect beach look. (laughs) Kim says she was really hurt to find out that Max cheated on Mariah, but what she really wants to do is to be there for Mariah and to help her heal. Okay. Mariah says that the past year, she's had a much different relationship with her mom and she feels like it went from like, I don't want anything to do with you to I can come to you for anything. And that came as a result of like a bunch of really hard conversations. So they sit down and Mariah says, you know, initially when she broke up with Max, she was unsure about how she felt about the family maintaining a relationship with him. But now she needs to let them know exactly how she feels. So Mariah tells Kim 
that there were a couple of situations recently where she saw that Max had been hanging out with like the little girls or Lydia specifically. And Kim's like, Oh yeah. I mean, they did go to play volleyball or whatever. And she's like, well, I just feel like I really need to talk to you guys because Lydia has been hanging out with Max with no regard to how I might feel. She's like, I also feel like Lydia's only hanging out with Max because she doesn't know the full story, not necessarily because she's trying to hurt her. So then they switch the conversation to what's going on in the state of Kim and Barry. And she's like, you know, not things aren't good. And basically she's realized she's not happy in her marriage with Barry and she wants out. <laughs> then she tries to, she really tries hard to, squeeze up a tear just one tear to talk about how hard it is that they're disappointing the kids but she just wants to make sure that none of the kids pick a side and they both have you know good relationships with both of the parents and Mariah says that the breakup of Kim and Barry is hard for her because she's used to her parents being people who told her what was right and wrong and you know kind of the thing that we all realize that as you grow up your parents aren't these like all-knowing perfect figures they're humans who are figuring it out just like the rest of us they just happen to be a little bit older and then Mariah asks Kim like what is it that sparked the breakup and Kim does her spiel again about how Barry took the kids the father took the kids by himself for a vacation for a week while she sat at the house and chilled in my mind, she was like playing, um, you guys know that song, like mama's coming out, mama's waking loose, <laughs> like whatever that song is. That's what she was doing. Like just, she got a dusty bottle of skinny girl margaritas. Cause she heard about it like several years ago and you know, had her, had herself a great time, had herself a real good time. She was thinking and in that thinking, she thought, I just cannot lay for one more night next to this bag of bones. Okay. Maybe I'll find a Jamaican. Maybe I won't. Um, you know, but here's what I don't want. And it's you, Barry. Okay. Barry Plath would really benefit from, like, can the boys at Queer Eye go down to Cairo, Georgia and fix some things up? I honestly think he would really benefit from that. Like, imagine Barry having a, a, a conversation with Karamo about, like, their feelings. You see it, right? I want Jonathan to like take Barry's hands in their head in their hands and say like, you have gorgeous skin and give like a new color corrective sort of BB cream and, you know, like, you know, tossles his wisps of whatever hair he has left back, you know, just really go through it. Right. Really go through it. So Mariah was like pretty nice to Kim and was like, girl, you know, I can't imagine being married to, somebody for 25 years I'd probably be sick of him too I get it girl and you know no big deal so in a confessional Kim says that Mariah makes her feel heard and understood and actually right now Mariah might be the only person who makes her feel that way and you know I think even now now that we all know still think Mariah might be the only person who feels that way but we'll move on we'll move on even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Next, we see Olivia going out with a group of girls who I already knew she did not know. Like, it was very clear (laughs) that these people came from some sort of central casting in Atlanta or whatever. Um, But she tells us that she's 23. She's not ever gone out with a group of girls to drink or party, go out to a bar before. She grew up super sheltered, didn't go to parties growing up as a teenager, and then she got married when she was a child bride and just went right to work. The bar that they went to, I don't know what the name was, but like, Lord, maybe it's because like living in New York, I've, we've been through the cycle, like a couple cycles of this like speakeasy type of, uh, tell somebody the code type of bar. Like I'm so over it, but okay. It was like a religious, sin themed bar where there's a lady dressed up as a nun at the front door and she's like asking people to admit their sins or whatever there's a big door that you have to go through and everything's very instagrammable okay okay you know shout out to saint pete right okay so um they olivia tell us more about her upbringing which is that like she was always told that drinking was a slippery slope and it led to other addictions and that really the only thing she knew about a bar was what her parents told her, which was that it's a place where people went to sin. <laughs> so she really didn't have a concept of like what going to a bar meant. So even though she's like broken away from her background, she still has that residual guilt, that residual religious guilt about drinking too much or taking things too far. It's still in her. Meanwhile, Ethan decides to go by himself with a shirt tucked in to this bar called Reboot, which is a bar slash arcade inside of one of the oddest buildings I've ever seen. Not that the building was odd. It was just odd for a barcade situation. It was like a nice stark white building that almost looked residential and then you're just like oh it's got this big neon sign that says reboot (laughs) just a real cognitive dissonance for me but okay shout out to saint pete um apparently this is one of ethan's favorite places to go because they have pinball machines that's literally why he said it but he says that he and olivia have not really ever gone out drinking together so she's never been to that bar not with him anyway Ethan gets up to the bar and he strikes up a conversation with a middle-aged woman drinking Guinness for whatever reason. I'm wondering if this is the same woman that hit on Max. Who's to say? Who's to say? 
Ethan says in a confessional that he has a tendency to be kind of awkward around his peers because he wasn't really exposed to kids his age other than his siblings. So he has a tendency to connect more with older people, which is why he found himself talking to this like 50 something woman. Um, so the ladies are asking Ethan about, you know, oh, your, who's your wife? What does she do for a living? And where is she? <laughs> and he's like, oh, she's at a different bar. And they're like, wow, I guess you guys have a lot of trusts with each other. And Ethan's like, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> so back at the Sinner's Bar with Olivia, she's doing a cheers with the shots that they got to every girl. And she's like, you know, I just, I'm so happy to be here with these girls that I just met. See, told you. And, but I already like you guys. And she explains in an interview, a side-by-side interview with her friend Bree, that she met Bree like a couple months ago. And I guess this is Bree's friend group. She's realizing how fun it is to have friends her age and hang out with them. Then Olivia says, gosh, when I look at Bree... I just realized what it's like to actually be a 22 year old. And Bree's like, yeah, girl, when I met you, I was like, you're 23. (laughs) She didn't mean that in the shady, you look old kind of way. I don't think, I mean, it kind of came off that way, but I don't think that's what she meant. Bree seems like she's had like, you know, a couple of, uh, sake bombs at this point so who's to say every drink at that bar looked very um like sugar factory do you guys know what sugar factory is a place where you take kids and it's like i think the food's just whatever but they come out with these like big uh, drinks that like bubble and have dry ice them it's just like sugar 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 that's why you're gonna be hung over olivia it's the sugar they were do- doing like lemon drop. Ugh. Okay. That's the par- the charm of being 23 is that you have that, that metabolism that'll get you through <laughs> several lemon drop shots in one evening. So anyway, then the producer kind of like lifts their veil and they're talking to Brie and they're like, yeah, she does seem a lot older, doesn't she? And Brie's like, yeah, she just seems so much older, and so much more mature and older. She seems a lot older. Like I'm pretty mature for my age, but Olivia seems like a lot older than me, like so much more old. <laughs> and I'm like, damn girl, we, we get it. We got it, Brie. So earlier, the waitress dropped by the table and gave every girl like a little piece of paper because they have a wall. Again, another little kitschy thing happening in this bar. They have a wall where people write down their sins and they put them up, put them up on the stick, they put the sticky notes up on the wall, right? So... Everybody's kind of going around and Olivia's like, are you guys going to write like real stuff? Like how deep are we going here? So Bree's like, I'm going and I'm going first. And my sin is that my very first serious long-term relationship, um, I cheated on him a weekend with some dude that I met at like Bonnaroo or whatever. <laughs> so um, Olivia's like, oh, do you still know this random man? She's like, oh yeah, I'm obsessed with him. I love him. (laughs) Brie, how long was this relationship? Are you still in it? You might not want to be one less, put the lemon drop down, girl. I think you might, you don't want things to be too hot for you. I'm trying to, trying to look out for you, Brie. Olivia says in a confessional that Ethan was her first boyfriend, but technically she's not even allowed to call him her boyfriend. She was a guy, he courted her and then they got married and she's like, 
honestly, I really take for granted the fact that I don't think Ethan will ever cheat on me to the point where, like, I don't even think about it as being an option in my life. But since, ever since what went down with Max and Mariah, I just feel grateful for my relationship with Ethan in that sense. So then we get to Olivia's sin, which she prefaces everybody's by saying that she doesn't think that this is a sin, but her parents do. And then she tells maybe the best story that I've heard on Welcome to Plathville. (laughs) Maybe the best story we'll ever hear. So she tells us. (laughs) Olivia says that she would steal her mom's phone after her parents went to bed. And she would just look for things. She would go on YouTube (laughs) and search naked boy, naked girl, and just see what popped up. And then, you know, as we all do, the evolution and the exploration continued. She started looking through, like, the suggestions on the algorithm. And then at the age of 16, she found internet porn. And she lets us all know she figured out how to delete her history. Her parents never found out. Sorry, mom and dad, but... I did that. Okay. Whew. I mean, she better be very glad <laughs> that, like, you know, the government wasn't just seeing these repeated nightly searches for naked boy and naked girl on, on YouTube. Like, that really could have caused a, a bit of a problem. Thank God it didn't. So the episode ends with Ethan talking to another woman a little bit closer to his age. Um, and she's like inviting him to some club that closes like an after party situation down the road. So in a confessional, Ethan says, I don't really know what she's doing exactly, but like, I don't know what, uh, what, uh, Olivia's doing, but she told me she was going to be working on herself and I don't really know what that means, but I guess it also gives me the freedom to work on myself and focus on myself. So this lady then slips her number to Ethan. Like, what is this, 1993? Like, write it, wrote it down on a piece of paper and slips him the number. And she's like, you know, just in case you can, uh, you know, contact me if you want to go out tonight or any other time. You hear that, cameras? You hear that? None of these women talking to Ethan were interested in him. Like, let's... Girl, like, let's, they saw the camera and they're like, roll tape. Okay, I'm ready for my close-up. But anyway, um, so Ethan takes the number and he says in a confessional, this is the first time that anybody has, like, tried to give their number to him. And, hey, if they're feeling bold enough to approach him, he'll be nice about it. He's not going to turn them down, even if, you know, you know, because it took a lot of balls for them to do that, basically. And he's like, it's probably a bad idea to do that, even though I'm not doing anything, but I hate conflict. So I just try to go around the conflict and avoid it, but it never works out, even though I do it over and over and over again. (laughs) So Ethan, what does that tell you, baby? Is it working? Is it worth it? Oh my God. This kid, I need him to be deep, deep into therapy and don't come out until you look in the mirror and think about a lot of things, okay? Um, So then we see (laughs) the episode ends with 
the piece of paper opened and it says, it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> With what I'm assuming is her number uh, blurred out, but we can't really tell. Oh my gosh. We'll see what happens next week. Um, I'm excited for the showdown, if you want to call it that, between Mariah and Lydia, because it looked like Lydia started crying pretty much immediately. And I'm not saying that I'm looking forward to that. I'm just not saying that I'm not. So um, with that, I'll check up in with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.